Welcome to the Intimate Inspirations Podcast. I am Michelle Blumentritt, and I cannot wait to share with women, no matter what your phase of life, a longtime passion of mine to help you find your beautiful. Welcome back. Thanks so much for listening in as we continue this week our series on self-care. Last week, I started a four-part series, and we discussed why self-care is necessary and how we can take steps towards a better mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical health. If you weren't able to listen last week, you should go back and listen in as I discuss mental health and ways that we can improve our mental and social health. This week, I am actually going to focus on emotional health and what that looks like for you. So I'm super excited and I'm so thankful that you joined me. So emotional health. I think when you think about what is emotional health, as women especially, we look at that and we go, okay, yeah, I know what emotions are, right? I've, I've got those and I'm definitely in tune with my emotions for sure. And we don't really think daily about emotional health. We oftentimes when when we think of self-care, we typically think of our physical health, things that we can do to better our self-care in that way. But as far as emotional health goes, I really for me even when I when I started this and looking into what emotional health looks like, I looked up all sorts of different definitions and and what it is and really essentially the gist of what emotional wellness or emotional health is, is just something that you are able to cope with everyday challenges and struggles, knowing how to handle your own emotions in appropriate ways. What does that mean, right? What does that mean for you? And so that's what I'm going to talk about today is just giving you a little bit of a clearer picture about what exactly emotional health is. And once again, this is just as important of a piece of the puzzle when it comes to self-care as all of the other pieces of social, emotional, physical, spiritual, they are all equally important. And I want you to hear me when I say uh, some we think about obviously more than others because it it seems like oh if I'm taking care of myself I'm taking care of you know I'm going out doing my nails or getting something done but there are so many other pieces of self care and how we care for ourselves especially as women because once again that is what tends to be put on the back burner because we do. For others, we are always caring for those around us, our husbands, our children, we're working, we're busy, and we do the things for ourselves technically last. And that's what I, my challenge is for you is to really evaluate, first of all, what that looks like, what is emotional health and and how healthy is your emotional state 
All right, so before we go any further on this, I want to just recognize that as women, we will absolutely have a time, usually a one week out of the month, sometimes it's more for other women, that we're going to have those emotions on a much greater level, right? We all know what that looks like. And if you're still dealing with that, the only way that you probably wouldn't be would be if you were postmenopausal, but I know that that comes with its own challenges as well. But I wanted to address that and just bring that up because of course, we all know we have those emotions that where they are accelerated and seem like everything seems exacerbated during that time, right? We feel emotions. We're ultra hypersensitive towards our emotions and very in tune with our emotions during that time. And I want to just say that because I am going to touch a little bit on that um, at the end and just kind of go over that piece too, because I do believe that there are ways that you can also help to get through that time with your emotions. And obviously we can't stop that from happening, but we can certainly get some tools that might help us to be able to control our emotions a little bit more because obviously there are times more than others where we feel like, and it's not always just during that time, guys. I, I There are times when, I mean, let's face it, if you're hungry, if you're tired, if you're fussy because you're having a really crummy day, all of those things factor into how we handle other people and how we are able to handle stress and struggles and all the things. I'm going to just go through emotional health and have you evaluate yourself a little bit today as I go through this. And I'm going to ask some questions. And as I ask the questions, I want you to just be thinking about you personally, how this pertains to you. And perhaps if it does and it resonates with you, then we're going to also go over a few tips and Uh, just some reminders of things that we can do to maybe better our emotional health in different ways. Do you have the ability to talk with someone about your emotional concerns and share your feelings with others? And I'm going to just go into that a little bit because I know for some people this is not easy and I can speak for myself on the fact that emotional health is for me because I do talk about my emotions openly. In fact, probably sometimes to a fault where I cannot hide my feelings on my sleeve. I need to sometimes rein myself in because it's difficult when I feel certain ways to be able to hide my feelings from others. And I'm, I'm an open book as well. I There's not a whole lot that if you know me or sometimes if you don't even know me well, you're going to know a whole lot about me because I am a very open person. So for some people, being able to talk with others about your emotions and about concerns that you might have or 
things you're going through might be a little easier for some than others. That's okay. And I'm not saying that if you are going through some things that you need to be shouting it at the rooftops and sharing your emotions with everyone that you come in contact with. I'm just saying if you are going through struggles and there are things or even not struggling, even just regular daily things that you're dealing with, do you have someone or some group that you feel like you're able to open up and share your true feelings about how things are going. And for some, that may be your spouse. I certainly hope that you are able to share those, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that as well. So that's the first one. Do you have the ability to talk with someone about your emotional concerns and the way that you feel? And if you don't, I'm going to encourage you to work on what that might look like. And if you don't have someone that's super close to you and you aren't able to talk to your spouse about things that are super personal to you, then maybe you need to look into a a counselor or someone that you can go to, whether it's a group, a support group, anything like that, where you're able to voice your concerns and really talk about the things that are going on. Because Once again, it's important. It's necessary. Secondly, can you say no without feeling guilty? And I need to pause on this one for a hot minute because when it comes to this, this is a weakness for me. And I grew up in a family. I have an amazing family support and I had a loving, caring home with amazing Christian parents and two sisters and support beyond support, right? But one of the things, and all of us, all three of us girls till this day will tell you that we did grow up with guilt, Um, guilt of maybe not doing something or doing something when we felt like we should be doing something else. And we felt guilty often for not doing the things that maybe we thought we should be doing, even if we didn't want to be doing those things. And it's always a struggle for me. I live a lot of the way that I do things and a lot of the decisions that I make in my life have been made off of guilt and feeling like I need to do things based on what I worry about someone else thinking if I don't do it or not doing it because I worry if I did it, that might not be good either. And when I was thinking about emotional health, this resonated with me because if having emotional wellness and health is means being able to have strive for a healthy balance when it comes to committing to things and not over committing yourself. And let's be honest, this is a struggle for a lot of women because we're busy, because we we're used to multitasking. We're used to doing all the things. And it's easy to say, oh sure, I can do that. I'll volunteer at the church while I'm working full time 
while I just had a baby and I have another toddler at home and I'm taking care of my husband, no problem. I'll volunteer for XYZ. You fill in the blank. I know personally this was always something for me that my husband would often remind me, sometimes you're bringing on your own stresses and then it brings it into the family and we all feel it, which is so true. And it hurt and I hated that because so often I felt like what I was doing was the right thing and I'm working, but I'm also helping other people. I'm a team mom for volleyball or I'm helping for the church here or making crafts for this or that or helping out with the school and the teachers and I kind of wanted to do it all and we do oftentimes as women try to do it all and it's not a bad thing to volunteer it's not a bad thing to want to get involved with your kids school and help out and be a part of their sports teams and be team mom or organize scheduling or anything. All of those things are great. But too much of one thing is never a good thing, right? So when you are know your boundaries, know what when to say no and when's the right time to volunteer when you maybe have the time and you feel like you can and it's not sacrificing somewhere else in your family, whether it's your husband having to sacrifice or, you know, be put on the back burner or your kids because you're stepping in multiple other places. I really stress this one. I know it is a difficult one for us oftentimes as women, but I, even myself, am challenged on this to really remember and I've gotten way better than I used to be but it is still a struggle for me not to feel guilty for doing things that I want to do for myself or that I might feel like I need to do for my own emotional health or wellness. Another question would be do you feel content most of the time and this is speaks for itself. There's not really a ton I would say about that other than are you content in where you're at? And I would like to really remind us that we live in a world today where everything is out there on social media and it can be very easy to compare ourselves because of course we're seeing what everybody else is doing, what everybody else is wearing, what everybody else looks like. And I think I already touched on this in my last podcast, but I'll say it again. Nobody ever posts things that are, I mean, I shouldn't say nobody, but most times people do not post when they don't look amazing or they don't love the picture that they're posting or they crop out this or whatever. So it is difficult at times to feel content because you are looking at those around you. You are looking at what they're doing, how many vacations they're taking, or 
how big their house is or what kind of a car they drive. Everything in people's lives today is on out in social media for everyone to see. And we're constantly living in a world of comparison and it's easy when you're in that to not be content with your own life, with your own family, with your own home, anything, all of it. It's not easy. And so I would just say to you, when it comes to being content, if you struggle with that anyway, perhaps take a break, maybe take some time off. I know a lot of friends who have done that. I've done it where you just turn off social media for a week, a month, however long it takes for you to just unplug and be able to live in your own world and your own life and what's going on with you, your family, your children, and you're not in a constant state of comparison and looking at others. Because if you really do start to struggle with discontentedness, it eats away at you and it affects not just you, but all around you. And then do you have a strong support network? And I love, of course, this question, because as I talked about in my first podcast, that social health is huge. And it's big for me because I'm a very social person. Even if you're not a social person, having a strong support network might be one person, it might be a group of people, it might be a couple different groups of people. But having those around you to be able to go to to talk to about your feelings, living everyday life, things that are going on. They're meeting you where you're at. They understand, they get it because they're in that same season of life, perhaps. We need that. And I already talked about that a ton, but that is a very important piece also of emotional health is just having that strong support network. Do you have that in your life? And then... Can you relax in your life? Can you relax? And of course, I'm going to once again remind you that this isn't always easy depending on the season of life you're in. If you've got young kids and you're running all over and daily you're changing diapers and you're not maybe sleeping well because they're up three or four times in the middle of the night, you're going to be tired and relaxing might seem impossible. Sitting down on the couch for five minutes probably doesn't seem feasible to to you. But then you go through different seasons as a mom of teenagers and your kids are in volleyball or they're in sports or they're running around in choir practice or doing whatever and you're driving them everywhere. You're in the car all the time, most times feeling probably like you live in your car. It's not relaxing. Traffic, you know, leaving, getting out of your home, breaking up the evening where you can't, you're not sitting at home, just being able to veg out from the day. It's tiresome. And so I know these things. And when I say, can you relax? It doesn't mean, are you just vegging out all day long, chilling? Or do you even have, you know, several hours in a day? Because most of us don't. Ultimately, ideally, taking one day a week is what 
God designed us to do is that Sundays are really a day of rest. Why? Because we need that. We've worked hard all week. We've pushed. And so whatever that looks like, I say take that one day a week and make sure you're doing something relaxing. Your relaxation is not going to look the same as others, but whatever feels like you're turning off your mind, you're able to just kind of just wind down from the week and all that it entailed. That's what being able to just relax looks like. Can you do that? Do you have a day or a time when you relax? And then can you express your feelings in appropriate ways? I think this is key and I am going to touch on that as well in a a little more on this because I feel like this is one of those things that it's not always easy when it comes to being able to express your emotions. And I know we, we talked at the beginning saying, do you have the ability to talk with someone about your emotions? But being able to express your feelings in the right way and in appropriate ways is a different animal, right? Because it's not something that is easy to do when you're in the heat of the moment and things feel out of control and your emotions are going, especially in a marriage when you and your husband are having a disagreement and you don't see eye to eye and emotions are high. Both are feeling certain ways and both want to be heard. Both emotions want to be voiced, which always ends up feeling like a strain, right? I want to share something that is relevant that I learned, my husband and I learned early on in our marriage. We uh, have a marriage counselor that we absolutely love. I'm actually hoping to have her on a future podcast. She has agreed to come on. She's amazing. One of the things that she said that has really made a difference in our marriage, and it was probably gosh, 20 years ago, or for sure more than 15 years ago, that she had told us this, and it just really stuck with both of us. And that was that anger is a secondary emotion. And at first, it was like, what does that mean? But as she explained that most often, and it's typically more so, I would say this way, with men, but it also pertains to women as well, because what ends up happening when we get, when we get embarrassed, when we get sad, those emotions oftentimes turn to anger. And if you think about this in your own life, you will, I'm sure, be able to think of specific examples and go, wow, That is so true. You can look back at certain situations where either you or your husband or your kids responded out of anger when anger was not the primary emotion. The primary emotion was maybe embarrassment or fear or sadness and how it comes out ends up 
in anger because that's oftentimes how we respond to certain things. That's what where our emotions go. And it's so eye-opening when you can see that and recognize that early on and then when you see it into in a marriage and you see it in a relationship with your kids, you see it in friendships and business with your coworkers, with your employees, if you're a boss, you start to realize that people tend to act out in anger and a lot of times it is something else. It's an insecurity. It's whatever. And once you can recognize that, it's so helpful to be able to ask and talk through with that person, what is going on here? What is the real emotion here? Because it's not anger. You're not mad. And I've seen it with my husband when, you know, the kids were little and they would run out in the street and he'd get angry, right? Why is he so angry? Because he was scared. Because if they did that, obviously when a car came, it could have been detrimental and it terrified him. But it came out in anger because that's the emotion that tends to come out. So if you can start to recognize that early on, it just helps in the communication with your relationships. I loved that we learned that in our marriage and in counseling when we were young, because even though it's not always easy to stop in the heat of the moment and go, oh, what's the emotion you're really feeling? You still do use that tool and we use that tool all the time. And we own our own business. We have several employees and we use that tool as well in our business to where what is it that this person was feeling and why did they react the way that they did? Because they were so upset. Why were they upset? Let's figure that out. Let's talk about it. And there it is, emotional wellness in a nutshell. Again, I come to you with simple reminders that this is not anything I have mastered in my life, but things that I've learned and experiences that I've had that have helped me through having better emotional wellness. And this is a piece of self-care that does make us better for those around us. And I lastly just want to say that I really feel like for For everyone, the most important part of having emotional health or wellness is just being aware of your emotions and how you handle them and being able to communicate them to others. So when it comes to your husband or your kids, it's just so important to be able to talk through some of these things. And I, I say this and I know for everyone It's not the same and not everybody is able to speak on their feelings all the time and really even pinpoint them. And that's what I kind of wanted to talk about and end with is just that I did say that I was going to come back to women and their emotions. And especially when we are dealing with hormones, our emotions tend to go crazy and we all know that. And Just recognizing that is something that I 
feel like is never, obviously, it's never easy in the moment, right? Because your emotions are out of control. A lot of times we don't even know that it's happening until it's already happening. I have an app, just saying. I That is, I think if you don't have an app, then you should get an app that keeps track of your menstrual cycle. Mine's, I think, just called period app or something like that. But anyway, it's amazing. I love it because it is what helps me to recognize there are times when I don't even, you know how time flies and things happen so quickly. We don't even remember. It feels like, oh, we just had it. But I'll open up my app and go, oh, yep, this is exactly when I start to feel edgy, when I might be short with my husband. And this is where I just kind of wanted to give that little experience of mine where it's not something we are by any means perfect at, but I do let my husband know. I've joked that I'm going to download the app on his phone because I he should have it. But this is really something that we have gotten to a point where I just communicate to him in whatever way. I oftentimes will just tell him, all right, well, I looked at my app and according to my app for the next three days or two days or whatever that is, I'm probably going to think whatever you're saying is stupid and you might be an idiot. And he goes, I got it. I No more needs to be said. He totally gets it. Not that it makes it any easier when I do feel that way, but it helps both of us to recognize it. And then when we do start conversations or if we start conversations during that time, that might be a little controversial with each other and maybe probably could end up in a disagreement or an argument. We figure this probably is not the best time to be having this conversation. Maybe we need to stop it at this time and come back to it in a week where both of us feel the same way we can be on the same page because I'm not thinking clearly. I've got emotions running behind it and it's probably not going to go well. And we don't, again, we don't always get this every time. We certainly struggle with it, but if we can recognize that early on, then it just basically can stop it before it gets to that point and things end up very heated because once that happens and you're in the middle of the hormones and all the other things, it's really hard to stop it as we know, right? So I would I would seriously suggest if you don't have an app that keeps track of that for you and that you're not regularly knowing what that looks like, you should. And I'm not kidding when I say get the app on your husband's phone so he can have a heads up too because it's not a bad thing and men have times too where you know I know for us personally we own a heating and air conditioning business in Phoenix Arizona it's 120 degrees in the summer oftentimes and our business is crazy and when my husband was out working in the heat as a technician for the first 15 years of our life and he was hot and he was tired and he'd come home exhausted. It was absolutely the worst time for me to come to him and start to try to bring up a really serious issue or something that might end in 
a disagreement because he wasn't mentally even able and oftentimes physically because he was so exhausted to able to process what I was saying and talk with me through it together, it would just end in a mess. And so we, I had to learn that yes, he would revisit it and maybe the weekends were a better time for that or maybe not when he had just come home or come home at lunch to grab a bite to eat and I attack him with all these questions on something that's pressing about the kids or what they did or what they didn't do and it's stressful for him. It's the last thing he needs. And men don't always understand what emotions they're having or why. It's the same as the whole anger being a secondary emotion. And for them, they don't know why they're angry. Most times they don't, they just know they're angry. They don't think of it as being embarrassed or feeling attacked or they just feel angry and they don't really think much more than that or beyond that. They just, that's how they feel. And knowing that as a woman and being able to be in tune with not only your own feelings and emotions, but also trying to understand his and where he might be coming from is key in a marriage. It is something that, again, we work on daily in our marriage, but over the course of 24 years of marriage, we have both learned that there are certain times that are better than others to bring up certain topics And there are some times that it's just not a good time and it's not going to end well. And when you know that and you can stop it before it begins, so much healthier for everyone involved. And it's not just that way when it comes to your husband or to the wives. It's that way when it comes to your kids or to your business partners or to your employees, because when there's other factors that play into your emotions. It's the worst time to bring up touchy subjects and try to have a serious in-depth conversation about something when there's other things that are coming in, whether it be you're hungry, you're tired, it's not a great time. Know that, see it, and try to stop that conversation and revisit that when emotions aren't running high for everyone. That is my emotional wellness self-care. I am super excited that you joined me and hoping that this week you are able to have some takeaways that you can apply as far as your emotional wellness goes. And I'm hoping that there's at least one area that you would love to be able to see yourself work on in different ways. And I'd also love for you to share it with me, private message me on my Intimate Inspirations Instagram page. I'd love to hear your feedback and things that you're doing, even write a review and let me know what you loved and what you're doing to have a better emotional wellness today. Thanks again for joining me and always remember you are beautiful.